0: Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyer's Hour on WCPT AMA 20, where the facts matter, and we are all in the studio today, and normally we have somebody remote, but I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about all that. So I'd like to introduce our, our people that are here. We did have a real estate agent signed up, but an emergency happened, and obviously they had to cancel at the last minute, which, and then Joey... Joey's on his way for a wonderful trip. Um, and to I hope Naperville. he has Joey's... What's that? To Naperville. No, Ooh. not Naperville. He's, <laughs> I think he's going to Spain oh. is what it is. So we ended up having one of his colleagues from the Federal Savings Bank come in and join us. We're going to introduce him last. Um, But first, Patrick, please say hello to everyone and tell us how do people get hold of you.
1: Hello to everyone. Good morning. My name is Patrick Loftus. I am a real estate lawyer. I'm the kind of lawyer you would hire if you were buying or selling your home. The way you would get a hold of me is you can call or text 773-632-8330.
0: Sounds good. And that's his cell phone. It's underneath there. Uh, My name is Charlie Belfontaine again, and I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312-544-9180, and our website is thehomeinspectors.com. And I'd like to do a little bit of a plug for our state association, the Illinois Association of Home Inspectors. We do have a a business business section or... basically a prepare yourself for growth type session. So it's going to be geared towards all small businesses, and then we're going to be talking with home inspectors about the cost of doing business and and try to see where you fit in compared to everybody else. But most of all, and the reason why I put uh, Joe here last is because I always like to start off with the updates for what's going on in the market in the world how does that affecting our house buying and and also how does that affect the real estate market so joe please introduce yourself say hi to somebody special tell us how do people get hold of you as well
2: all right hey i'm joe Olson with Farrell savings bank i'm a mortgage banker uh my nmls number is two zero nine six eight two zero. uh i guess i'll do a shout out to my wife she's also a realtor aaron hi how's it going
0: Which is outstanding. And tell us, give us the scoop. What's going on in the market right now? I'm running without a headset here. Can you believe this one? So I'm like, why is everything sound a little bit less than normal? But whatever, we're all in the studio, so I'm going to run with it. You sound good. Trust me. (laughs) I know you do. So what's going on in the market, Joe?
2: Uh, We're still dealing with a little bit of volatility uh, after CPI numbers came out last week. So we've seen a little negative impact on the market over the last week or so. And, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So, the, you know, I know we talked about it, though. So the volatility in the market going up, going down this roller coaster ride, how does that affect real estate mortgages?
2: Uh, so it's, there's a direct relation to it, you know. So if it's, as far as affordability goes, if we have the rates go up, you know, it makes things less affordable for people, you know. And just the overall volatility, it's just harder to gauge where you're going to be able to buy at. So it directly affects the mortgages.
0: One of the things that I was always interested in finding out is how many pre-approvals that you guys are doing. You know, have you seen those numbers going up or you seen them dropping? And I know it's a roller coaster.
2: Yeah. So, it's, so initially at the end of last year, uh, I would say we saw a, a pretty drastic drop, you know. But at the beginning of the year here, and they always say after the Super Bowl, you know, business starts back up again. But... The beginning of the year here, there's been a lot of pre-approval still going out.
0: Yeah, I know for us, we, when Friday and Saturday you know, came around, it was the phone was ringing. It was ringing hard. Sunday, the phone continued ringing, but apparently nobody wanted to hire a home inspector on President's Day, so we did not get, well, we had a few phone calls, but we did not get any orders on President's Day. And then Tuesday afterwards, it's like, holy cow, you know, the calendar just about filled up. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe how much it's exploded. Patrick, have you seen the
1: same thing? You know, for me, it's been kind of fits and starts. And okay. I would say, usually I will... my, more, What's going on with my business will, def, will will generally be a lagging indicator, meaning mm-hmm. what's happening um, with Joe's business, with your business, is what's going to lead to then uh, the, the ebb and flow in my business because I'm kind of the last guy that, uh, that they engage in, in the process.
0: And that makes a lot of sense And that Patrick Loftus of Loftus Law. So this time around, gentlemen, I... I'm going to steer the home inspection. I'm sorry. I'm going to steer the conversation to the most important part of the real estate process, which is the home inspector. You're not wrong <laughs> about that. You know? I,
1: I know you're saying that tongue in cheek,
0: but Oh, I really believe it. Seriously, yeah. I do. You know, I I've seen too many um weak inspectors in our business and it just it just it's a, it's a pet peeve. It infuriates me, all right? Um I I've been asked to be part of a moderator of a couple of Facebook groups, and there's one that we're actually broadcasting live in right now called the Facebook Tutor. And last week, I just decided to put up a post, you know, and there were a couple of them, actually. One of them was, you know, when when you're dealing with cracks in in buildings, when does a home inspector, when should we be recommending that something gets replaced, when it gets monitored, and so forth? And I was actually surprised, unpleasantly surprised... By how many people that were want to say that it's, you know, well, I'm just gonna to refer to a structural engineer on this. And I'm like, you know, some of these cracks aren't all that bad. And for a structural engineer to do what they do, first of all, they're gonna charge you around thousand dollars. All right, maybe six hundred or so mm-hmm. if if they don't write a report. But otherwise it's gonna be expensive. And to do a true structural engineering evaluation, you know, and, and again, this is from what I understand, I could be wrong. But it takes like six months. The whole idea is to see if it's still moving and how much it's, if it's still moving and if it's stopped. And I just don't feel that I'm giving my client... Good advice. When I go ahead and say, "Well, call a plumber, call a roofer, call a you know, call all these other guys," and, and Patrick, I I need your advice on this as the attorney. When you get these home inspection reports and you're putting in your your what is it a demand or a request letter, <laughs> whatever it's called, you know, what what do you do with that information?
1: How do you know how much to ask for? My my polite set of requests. Um, yeah, it, it it's it, it really can put the rest of the people in the transaction in a difficult spot. Um, you know, For one, the inspector is going to be a generalist, right? So you know a little bit about a lot. And then mm-hmm. when it, an inspector, whatever their, thresh, their threshold is as far as what they're willing to, uh, how far they're willing to extend themselves in terms of, of an opinion, they will then say, seek the advice of a specialist, a plumber, electrician, roofer. You see that that
0: or, much, huh? huh? O-
1: almost that without, is such a peeve of without mine. Without variance. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell um, you
0: how big of a pet peeve that is of and, mine.
1: And I, I'm in no position in, in most instances to to insert my opinion or, or what I think is my expertise in place of the inspector. I, I haven't been to the property um, and, I, and I don't have the training or the expertise that an inspector would, uh, I hope, have. And so where that leaves me is if there's a question mark, if there's uh, something that we can't necessarily determine how much it's going to cost or how severe the problem is, really all I can recommend to the client at that point is to engage with one of those uh, more you know more specialist, mind uh, specialist type of, of contractors, and you know that's it's time consuming. It, there's an expense involved. Um, sometimes it's absolutely worth it. Sometimes you know it, it's it's much ado about nothing. But um, if an inspector has the kind of expertise or or feels comf- comfortable enough to say, you know, th- this is a you know a, an approach or this, you know the, to, to extend themselves a bit further than just to say. Well, you know, go ask somebody else. Um, you know, it's nice that, I, that 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 issue has been at least uh, identified. But what do I do with that? Who else in the transaction is equipped with the expertise to evaluate that to the next step?
0: I And I get it. You know, but how much time does a client have to come up? I mean, everything is the numbers, right? It's how much am I asking for? You know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of letting somebody who's selling their home fix a repair for me, unless it's going to be like one of the ones that I am a fan to let them do are loose toilets. All right. It it sounds dumb because we get so many of them, but I don't know if that's just a loose nut or if the actual flange on a cast iron support there is broken, which means everything's got to be torn apart,
1: put back together again. Well, there you go. And and you've just pointed out something that is a, a very tricky one for any buyer, and that is when you see something and it's an issue, Let's and, and water is... is is usually the culprit but um, water is always going to be a big problem number absolutely. one enemy when water goes someplace it's not supposed to be it's usually a problem um so when when we see evidence of water damage when we see a loose toilet as you uh, alluded to um we don't know we can't really know what the extent of the problem could may be i mean for all you know charlie in, in your example uh you've got rotted subfloor, and then. Now we've, you know, the, the problem is exponentially worse. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly straightforward fix, but you're talking about p- pulling up the tile then you're talking about uh, excising that rotted p- uh, piece of subfloor, putting a new piece of subfloor in, and then replacing the tile. I mean, that's not cheap, right? And, Joe, you got a background in construction too, don't you? Not, yeah. You're
0: yeah. not just a
2: mortgage guy?
0: Yep. And I don't, that sounded like I'm insulting you. I didn't no, mean no, to. No, for sure. Not at all. But you're I actually a mortgage was actually just going to ask yeah. you. Yeah, I know, right?
2: <laughs> so, my question, Charlie, is can you give context to some of these inspection things to the realtor so that they can kind of be on the same page with the buyer? Um, well, the. Like the crack the, that you brought up, I feel like they're so common in Chicago. Yeah. You know, and and if it's always a structural engineer. I mean, every house, not every house, but there's so, yeah, there's so many houses in Chicago that have these cosmetic cracks or they may just need like epoxy. Yeah. So like, can that context, you have the official report, can that, the realtor get on board and kind of explain like, hey, this is a common uh, issue in Chicago that's easily resolved.
0: There's a gentleman, Wayne Janick, who's listening right now. and, And I really like this guy, you know, he... He, re- he put up here in the comments, could some of these issues be caused by inspectors not knowing or understanding code? He goes, I know we're not all code inspectors, and I get that. We don't. You know, there's a ton of codes. Nobody, I don't care who you are, is going to know every uh, line item in verse. But that is a great way to base opinions. So, Joe, to answer your question and get back onto that, it's. Um, I- I'm just going to share my company policy, all right, and, and what our inspectors do. So, You know, first of all, when I go back to my concrete days, we guaranteed our work. All right. We guaranteed it against fire. So if it burned up, we would replace it. We guaranteed it against theft. This is where you guys start laughing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So if somebody steals the concrete, we'll go ahead and replace it. (laughs) And then we guaranteed that it would crack. All right. Uh, So, and my jokes don't get better. Everybody (laughs) knows that. So, but when, you know, we have to have a line. When are we going to tell somebody, A, to get a structural engineer or B, just go straight to the concrete? foundation repair person and Mm -hmm. get this taken care of that way so for us anything that's under a quarter of an inch or even up to a quarter of an inch we really consider that normal all right okay anything that that comes from a corner of a window a door or floor a basement floor where it starts at an inside corner And, you know, we just consider that typical shrinkage cracking. I don't care. All right. If I see water come now, let me back up on that. We document each and every one of those cracks. We'll take a picture of them. I don't want the client saying that I just ignored them. I don't want them to think we missed them. We're going to put them in there, but we're going to say, in our opinion, we don't think it's a big deal. All right. If we have water coming into it, I don't care if it's happened one Mm. time. We're going to recommend that it gets ejected epoxy. You know, Mm -hmm. typically that's, you know, in in the time that this is being recorded, somewhere around the $500 range. And I'm sure you'll find things going up and down. So it's not outrageous, right? After that, if we see something that's cracked, it's been repaired and the crack came back again, it's still moving. All right. We don't need anyone now to determine if it's still moving or not. We need to stop it from moving. So whether that's going to be, you know, surface drainage or underpinning, that's, that's where we got to start figuring out. And, and I'm a big fan of baby steps. So look at the surface. We find that most of the problems come up top. Get the water away from the building and then wait six months and see if it's still moving, you know, and go from there. Um, if it's going in two different directions. So just enough where the crack occurred, we know that they pulled apart from each other. Now, if one of those sides comes forward or backwards or up or down, that's two different directional movement. I take those very seriously, and we think that that should have a repair person come in here. The only time we actually call out you know, for and re- refer a structural engineer when it's like, I really don't think it's bad. But I'm 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 hemming and hawing. I'm wishy washy, and I kind of want somebody else to go ahead and do this because I know that they're not going to be able to make a determination if it's still moving just by coming there for a half hour, an hour to look at this crack. Is that What do you think of that statement? Yes, yeah. no, for context. It,
2: yeah, it's kind of what I was looking for to see. Just because if you're saying you're always sending it off to somebody else, you know, like just from experience, I've seen when. A borrower has or a buyer has some context to the inspection report you know a little more ease it not some things are you do have to address them but not everything's you know the the sky is falling you know absolutely you got to find the right balance
0: and we did have another question come in here and it was directed at me about you know when we talk about the severity of crack do i Seek the opinion of a specialist. Um, If I don't think it's necessary, I don't. All right. Mm. Again, if it's under a quarter of an inch, if it's just a hairline thing, you know. I really don't believe that that's noteworthy, all right? But I'm still gonna put it in the report, we're gonna mark it as, as minor, and no, I am not gonna push it off on someone else. If I think it needs to be repaired, I'm gonna tell my client I think it needs to be repaired. I want all of our inspectors to do that and tell them they think it needs to be repaired. And then you know, we have companies that we do not get commissions from, but we found that they do good, solid work and we're not afraid to go ahead and here's a list of people that that we are comfortable with the product Mm -hmm. that they deliver
1: all right well you can tell me if i'm off base but you know your your guys your inspectors are going to be in hundreds of homes every year you're going to see thousands of cracks over periods of time and you're also going to be aware of how often that sort of thing turns into a nightmare and i think that experience is is kind of what you're referring to. And that's what you're leaning on in terms of being able to take the next step of saying, this is what we usually see. Um, This is normal uh, or or not. But, you know, here's what could happen. But in our experience, uh, you know, we, we don't see that this is the kind of situation where such a thing can happen. I think having that dialogue with somebody at the very least you know they they know the spectrum of of the what ifs and then they also can rely on your expertise in terms of okay how how much risk am i taking by not going to the next step of hiring a, a structural engineer cuz quite frankly if i'm going to hire an electrician after i get you in if i'm going to hire an electrician a plumber a roofer a uh, foundation person, I I shouldn't have bothered what getting one What the hell did you hire way. me for? Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? so there, if there's... I'm going to tell you, go call all these other people. Yeah, you, there's... that's my peeve right there. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I just agreed with you. What
2: do you do?
0: <laughs> no, seriously, what do you do now? You're, you know, I give you a whole bunch of wrenches that I just threw into the works. Fix my works. What are you going to do as the attorney to get us through all this and, and either, either kill the deal or help somebody get something fixed.
2: That's what I was going to say, kill the deal. Yeah,
0: I'm going I'm going <laughs> to badmouth I'm
1: going to badmouth the inspector. Uh, I'm going to say I know way well, better inspectors. You should call, you should call this guy Charlie. He knows, uh. what, he knows what he's talking about. Um, but you know, it, it listen, it you, you and I it, we, we we beat this dead horse every week. Um I, know. And I guess it's not a dead horse, but it's um, important to keep we, bringing we, up. And I we hammer this it's... point, it's it's to, to equip the the client with the information necessary for them to to evaluate and determine their level of concern because everyone is different. So you might have someone who is, uh, got a, a background like Joe does. You know, he, he can go in there and look at that and go, yeah, you know what, Charlie, I agree with you. Um, you know, I've worked with concrete before and this looks, you know, standard, typical, whatever. But you also might have somebody who has absolutely no background. Maybe they're, and I don't, I don't mean to, to to uh, I'm not uh, trying to, to point anyone out in particular. Let's uh, point. But you know, <laughs> let, let's say you're uh, a lab technician, and you know you work with uh, you know test tubes all day. You're really not going to have probably much background in that, and so you're really leaning heavily on the experts that you bring into the mix. Um, and and so that person still has the ability to. Take a set of facts, analyze them, evaluate them, compare that to their risk tolerance, and then make a decision. But they have to have the information necessary to is. do that. And that's where we come in.
0: Hey, all of us come in, you know. Yeah. Hey, instead of us and Joe for the mortgage and, and Patrick for the attorney, myself for the inspection side. We're advisors. We're consultants, all right? We're there to help somebody else make a decision. And I'm just a big firm believer in giving them as much information as possible. I mean, we're we're not, I'm not a super expert in anything. I'm not gonna make that claim. But I'll tell you something else that they gotta watch out for the different types of contractors. The contractors that are out there to sell you a repair that you don't need. Mm -hmm. All right, and i've run into that many a times and i feel that that's also my job to prepare my client and we did get another comment coming you know through the facebook side as well, and because I mentioned epoxy, and a lot of home inspectors don't believe that we should be telling people, okay, what do you have to do? Well, I'm not afraid to do that. If there's water coming in and this is the common repair, is injected epoxy, yes, I'm going to go ahead and tell them this is the cure, this is how to do this. It's just like if a radon level came in high, install a radon mitigation system, if a beam is damaged, replace the beam. You know, I, I really believe that you know, we, we should be going that extra mile. And I'm also not afraid to use websites like HomeWise to help people find the cost to cure some of these things. So at least you can get in that ballpark because I've seen prices four times, you know, from the highest to the lowest. It's ridiculous on the widespread pricing when it comes to con- or construction. I'm, I'm off on a. <laughs> yeah.
2: I am well, I am way worked up I did right now on that, Charlie. You know? that's where that referral really comes into play. Like if you're doing my inspection, like, and I'm trusting you on that, like I trust your referrals as well. Like for yeah. the repair, I I think it's huge to have that network. You know, like referring attorneys. You know, like it's better to work with people that could have already been used before yeah. and use them again. Yeah, and I'll take
1: that one step further. You know, uh, Charlie, you and I talk I think every week about you what kinds of questions should you ask an agent before you hire them? It's a big deal to me. And if you're hiring, uh, well, really on the list side or on the buy side, I would ask my agent Tell me about your database of, of referrals. Uh, you Ooh, know, do, that's a good question. Do, do you have, you know, how, how many people do you have? How many handymen do you have that you can recommend for me uh, if, if, if I need one? How many people can you recommend to me to refinish my floors, to paint my home, uh, to redo some electrical, um, and, and on both sides? Because yeah. let's just, let's face it, if you are uh, going to, to seek out a contractor based on advertising their price is baked into that price is going to include the cost of their advertising it is um that's why a word of mouth referral is well that's one reason i should say a word of mouth referral when it comes to a contractor is almost always going to be better because uh, they don't need to upsell you on stuff they're they're priced they're they're their prices don't need to take into account that they have a ten thousand uh, dollar advertising budget a- every it month. It may,
0: you know, it, it may. I mean, you know, like the biggest waterproofing companies in here, you see their billboards all over the place, right? They they advertise, but when it comes to injected epoxy, I'm cool with that. When it comes to fixing cracks, I've and I, I'm friends with the owners of one of these, right? and I've seen them take these hairline cracks and they're like, yeah, you're gonna have to underpin. We're we're talking $2,000 for every single pin that we throw in the earth, all right? And those are five feet apart. They could run up real quick. We did one house that we ended up going with a 203K mortgage on this. It was over $100,000 in 203K funding for buying this house. And it was over 100 grand in just underpinning. All right, Whoa. they had another 40, 50 grand because they had a crawl space that they wanted to excavate and turn it into a basement. All right, and extend that so there was you know more putting foundation underneath there. But you know you're you're at 150
2: grand wow. in just yeah.
0: underpinning and more basement, and it was a big house, but it was still what it was.
2: That's what I was about to ask you if that after repair value was there.
0: I don't know. Must have
1: been, or else yeah, the appraiser I mean, wouldn't, yeah, have, the appraise wouldn't have
0: it. Yeah, so. when we get up into the wow. North Shore, that's the good thing about mm. some of these
1: things. But you okay. know, it's yeah.
0: it's the houses are
1: very valuable. You that, know. that gives some context. Yeah, if, if you know, if you can get into Glencoe for a half mil because the house is absolutely needs to. You throw a hundred thousand dollars, and you got a one point four million dollar home. Yeah, yeah. The numbers enough. work. Fair enough.
0: I absolutely get it in there. But I'm, I'm more – and what about on your end, Joe? I mean, is there any time I, – I hear people tell me all the time, well, the mortgage company's not going to write the loan with those things wrong with it. You
2: know, well, how the hell do you know what's wrong with that house? So anything that I see is off the appraisal report, right. know, which is different than the inspection report. So the inspection goes to the buyer. The banks don't typically see that. The appraisal report I do see – the only thing that we're looking at is, like, typically health and safety issues. Yeah. And if the appraisal comes back subject to repairs, like, it'll appraise with the value, but it'll say subject to repairs, and then there'll be a section with notes and pictures on what needs to be repaired. You know, and so typically that's what, on the banking end, we'll see, and it still needs to be addressed prior. It's a condition to close now.
0: Condition you know? to close. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop you a little bit, and then we're going to come back and continue on with that. I want to go around the horn again and just let everyone give a plug to the business and so forth. And then also, if you don't mind, I know Joey's doing a, a VA. I think it's VA and FHA, but it might be VA only in Naperville. Uh, can you give a plug on that one too? Yeah, yes,
1: VFW, right? So. Probably VA. No? This one? I'm not sure. March 1st in Naperville. I can bring it up if
2: you want. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pull it up. All right, but give us your
1: information while you're looking that up.
0: Let's see if you can multitask. From the
2: Federal Federal Savings Bank, Uh, you can search Joseph Olson at the Federal Savings Bank. I'm the only one out there. My cell is 708 969 0827. Call or text anytime. I'm more than happy to go over scenarios with you for uh, purchasing a home. Throw that MLS up there, too. That is 209-6820. That's my MLS. And And MLS.
0: That's only so we could keep you out of getting in trouble for (laughs) advertising without identifying. Patrick? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just
2: guess. Did you want the plug for the... I do. Okay. So it's March 1st, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Naperville VFW. And that's... uh, It was a VFW. Good call.
0: Naperville VFW, March
2: 1st? Yep. VA, right. Home loan, drink and learn, which sounds dangerous. And what <laughs> I'm going to—it does sound dangerous. But I know that we've
0: been talking, and I—we've I, been talking about broadcasting that live on Zoom. All right. Oh, okay. And so I think I'm going to go there with some extra equipment and help them with this sort of stuff. And we're going to put on there where anybody could attend this throughout the nation. They could watch it on the zoom and then they'll also be able to participate. We have special tools for that. Oh, awesome. So I think it would be great if you're interested in learning more about VA mortgages. Um, and also whether you're an inspector, real estate agent, attorney, whatever you think, you know, I, I really believe that Joey's like one of the top leading experts in this yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's a you guru know.
2: of he VA is. loans. He's, he's a VA he's, loan nerd. He really yeah. is. I mean, yeah, it's him.
0: He's yeah, awesome. Which is perfect, because I was just going to call him a nerd like there was no tomorrow, since he's not here to defend himself, right? Nerd. All right, Nerds. <laughs> Patrick, how
1: did they get hold of you? Yeah, Joey. Oh, Joey. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> Joey. Give me yeah. Joes. Right? Yeah, Charlie. You know, my, my brain is like a steel trap for Nothing trivia. gets in, nothing gets out, for or what? trivia. <laughs> anything important, I got to look up, so, um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So, I'm like... 10,000 followers away from being an influencer on Instagram. Which is so pretty cool, and that was fast. I'm real... No, 10,000 on Instagram. That oh, TikTok. Oh, TikTok? Okay. That's different. That's a side a side hustle. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've got possibly 63 followers on Instagram, so I'm relying on you guys to get All me right. up to like 60... 72. <laughs> uh, so, Loftus underscore law. I post like once a week it's amazing you guys really need to check it out loftus underscore law on insta
0: yeah but your tiktok channel is also
1: firing up too so that's because i talk about stuff people actually care about
0: (laughs) and i know i like it you know it 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 ends up being about the law stuff that comes in there and i forget what was the latest one you know my my half brain here isn't coming up
1: but i did watch it now remember as soon as you start telling me uh, on TikTok, I talk about where to find cheap flights. So it has. There was another one real to... estate related though oh, recently. Oh yes, yes, of course, yeah. yeah so I do get in, uh, inspector stuff. Um, oh gosh, so let me. How much time we got left? Um, so yeah, and and what often comes up is inspectors will you know after they're done with the inspect inspection, they'll go back through and, and they'll record. And and this, this happens a lot and and, and in my experience, uh, you know, even at IRL <laughs> um, with with houses that are being flipped, okay. When I talk about houses that are being flipped, someone has bought a house. Their intention is to make some repairs, m- more, maybe less repairs, and more just like changing out the finishes. Um, My eyes are so rolling. And and then, <laughs> and then sell it for a profit, right? Yeah. Um, what. They generally focus on, and it's understandable because this is where uh, they, where they can get the place to pop and this is where they're going to get the value is they replace the countertops, they're going to refinish the floors, maybe uh, maybe replace the carpet. Uh, Throw a coat of paint on there, um, make it look uh, and 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 give it that modern feel, so that when when someone walks in, they go, "Wow, this is amazing." Because what they have been previously touring is a lot of stuff where they go, "Well, I'm going to have to do that and that and that." They walk in, they go, "Oh, this is great." Well, yeah, if you're doing that and you're trying to sell to a layperson, you will probably dazzle them. And then when they come and when the inspector comes in and opens the utility closet and sees a 25-year-old. Uh, furnace or i mean i've seen some things i there was one a few years ago where they they i, I saw the ac condenser and it, i did not recognize it it was so old that it was a model that i just it was beyond me and and you know so this thing was like from like the 50s or 60s and sweet and still working evidently according Let to your inspection um obviously you're going to be budgeting for a new one pretty soon i i, I can only imagine how efficient that thing is i mean you know, your electric yeah. bills will you know go they'll, they'll be a quarter of what they were after you replace it um but it's it's this stuff it's you go in the basement and you see cracked uh, joists you go up into the attic and you see you know black mold or sorry Possible black mold. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, most of the inspection reports are oh, possible black mold. Great. Which I
0: don't understand either. If you see possible black mold on the cheese in the refrigerator, <laughs> are you going to take a bite out of it to find out if it is or isn't? Well, you're going to throw it in the garbage for yeah, no, crying out loud.
1: I almost uh, dropped a bad word. I'm going to test it for three grand. Um, there it is. <laughs> um, so, it, it, what's the point? The point is that i see it over and over again with these you know flipped houses and i'm not trying to bad mouth folks that are in that business no. um you know they're they are adding value to the housing that's available if something was below the living standard they come in and uh, they render it livable or better hopefully uh you know that's that is a net positive to society but you know, for me, as someone who's not looking strictly at their spreadsheet, I don't want to look at an inspection report and see beautiful uh, a beautiful vanity in the master, and then in the basement it looks like a war zone. Okay, yeah. and don't just paint everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> see Charlie, we're you, hit. You, you set me up. We're hit. Yeah, we're triggering. I've got one that's close. Joe.
0: You're next. I'm triggering you next. I've you got know? one closing oh, I'm on just Friday. Listed over
1: here. <laughs> I got one closing on Friday, and. In order to make the HVAC look better, the, this flipper painted the furnace and painted all the ductwork. Cool. I'm just like, first of all, what a waste of paint. Second of all, I don't want to be any, anywhere near that because what happens when you take a, you know, a chemical and heat it up? I don't, usually, bad stuff happens. Nah,
0: it doesn't get all that hot, you know. Well, so, I've seen a lot of ductwork painted. That doesn't bother me.
1: The, the furnace and, itself, the furnace cabinet was painted.
0: You know, a lot of these furnaces, believe it or not, are side and rear either one or zero inch clearance to combustibles. The fronts are usually six inches, and that's mostly to allow air movement that comes in there. But And the tops of the furnaces are typically six inches. Our vent connectors are six inches, you know, clearance to combustibles. And for those of you that don't think home inspectors should be quoting code, all of those numbers are in the codes. And they're also part of the manufacturer specs that they put in there. So... You know, that part doesn't necessarily bother me. But But why are they painting it, That's the real thing is why, (laughs) you know. And and Joe, you know, come up with a guess if you got something.
2: Of why they're doing it? Yeah, why would somebody
0: paint a furnace?
2: So I have the background here. This is where I started in real estate was working with investors, doing fix and flips, things like that. Um,
0: and joey's listening so be careful what you say about that nerd <laughs> all right
2: yeah so i i think the reason they're doing that though is that the budget's not there you know it the mechanicals take up like if you're doing an over uh remodel you know the mechanicals half the money right there at least you but that know? sounds so, deceitful well i' would say but i but if you plan it correctly you can replace the mechanicals if it's not planned correctly or it's not a good flip those mechanicals are going to stay and they doing a Cosmetic overhaul on it, you know, and so it's it's yeah, not a quality flip. I would say. If I
1: sink 10k into into new mechanicals, I'm not getting it back out on the back end. So what did I spend 10k on? I spent 10k on the buyer not having to spend their 10k. You know, I'm in business to make money, right? And the money
2: after repair value might not be there. You know, for whatever they bought the house for. You know,
0: but aren't we also all three of us? Yeah, and I know you were talking about the flipper. They're not you, but we're in business to protect other people's money too.
1: We are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you know, you know you have the experience, and you know that's why we're we're having this dialogue here because we can talk about experiences that we are having yeah. and have had with these kinds of properties. Because you only have to see it a few times until you sit until you say, okay, this is uh a trend this is something that that happens that occurs commonly and this is something that i have to be on the lookout for this is something i have to advise my clients on Mm -hmm. this is also something i should probably discuss with my referral partners so you're going to take your client in into this uh you know gut rehab so to speak and well let's not let's set aside the uh, the question of whether they actually got the right permits, which is maybe something we'll talk about, but
0: let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah you know, you know.
1: go tell your client, look, I don't want you to look at any countertops. I don't want you to get dazzled by you know the 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 crown the, um, molding, you know, forget about that stuff. We're going straight to the utility closet and we yeah. want to see what that furnace looks like. I want to see what the water heater looks like. Uh, I'm going under the sink. I want to see what the plumbing looks like under the sink. I, you know, if, if we've got flex tube there, it means that they had enough thought to replace that sink with a really cool new sink. But then they took the part that I, that that the buyers don't. Look in, and they just use whatever was on, was on the, uh, the back of their truck. Do
0: you know those flex strings are actually illegal in the state of Illinois? I do. Yeah, good. And you too, right, Joe? Yeah,
2: they fail like every inspection, as far as I know.
0: Because they're, yeah, it's against the Illinois plumbing code. Everything has to be smooth. I've well,
2: had, had that conversation a couple times, like, how can they still sell those if, you know, like, you literally use them, and then they fail any kind of inspection? You
0: because know? our industry, our home inspectors' industry, refuse—this is me talking prejudicially, <laughs> and I'm trying to get out of that habit, all right? But for, there's too many people in our population that refuse to want to know codes, to refuse to want to learn even one of them that they're going to go ahead and share that with their client. You know, they use the "not required to," you know, be a code compliance inspector. They use that phrase to saying that now that means I cannot quote codes. Yeah, and, I, and, and, I, and now it's a you're disservice.
1: not. And now you're not an alarmist, right? <laughs> uh, and again, that alarmist thing
0: is a different definition. We had a, a little bit of a conversation about that earlier, too. Yeah. I mean, what is an alarmist? Uh, the alarmist that says, yes, um, the the air conditioning system is not working anymore, and because this thing is an older R22 unit, it, it pretty much needs to be replaced, right? Is that an alarmist? Or is it an alarmist that, you know, okay, we got a GFI outlet here in the kitchen, it didn't trip, and now your whole family's going to die next week. <laughs> that's you know? a, that's and I'm the sure there's a range in there where one is
1: accurate and the other one isn't. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my guess is, in, in, at least in this context, when someone is calling uh, an inspector an alarmist, it's because... A, a transaction fell through um so there's it's it's going to be uh loaded as, as well as uh there's going to be some bias there uh mm. just based on of the emotions
0: and we got a lot of bad real estate agents out there too that are going to do everything they they can i just had it happen to me this week you're not allowed i had a real estate agent after i made agreements to do a chimney scan mold <laughs> testing and stuff with our client in a sewer scope well you're not allowed to do that You know, and it's like, this is the client's agent. Now, the client decided not to buy the house, and that agent isn't going to have that client anymore. All right? It's amazing when you do the right thing, how you build the trust with the client. And after all that time that that client drove, or that real estate agent drove that client around showing houses and everything else, it's amazing how quick you lose that That relationship that trust and that's what our business people don't get it our business is trust we're in the relationship business and it's just like being married you know when you violate that trust it's almost irrecoverable
1: there's too much at stake way too much at stake in this business and you know the, uh, Charlie, you talk, I'm passionate, you, you, and I'm sorry, yeah, I'm I worked get. up yeah. no, you, you talk all the time about you know, what, what is it that we're selling And, and I shared a quote last week you know, People don't buy what you have to sell uh, They buy why you sell it right? And so you know, That agent was trying to sell a house yeah. And guess what they, they, They're getting it wrong as far as What they sell But she had 26 years of experience well, then she maybe needs another. Uh, maybe well, maybe, you, maybe in year there. twenty-seven she'll sort it out. That's I don't another.
0: Know. That's another clue. When somebody has to credentialize right away, they give you their name and how long they've been in the business. Yeah. There, there's something to be questioning about that. There's other
1: things that'll show value. Charlie, I've been a that. licensed attorney for nearly twenty years. So I want you to know that <laughs> and. That doesn't mean a darn thing in terms of what I can really do for somebody.
0: No, but what does mean something is what you mentioned earlier about permits, all right? Mm-hmm. So, and I know, and I don't want to put you on the hook and saying that you do this to every client, but there's times when you start getting curious like the cat, right?
1: Permits are, are such an elusive thing. Um, and 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 I know that's that's an elusive statement, so I'm not really being helpful, so <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, m- my expertise doesn't extend to knowing every single thing that requires a permit. fair enough. N- not only would that put a-, a completely unnecessary burden on me, but how many different municipalities do we have here in the Chicago area? I think there's 84. like four. okay, I was gonna say like two hundred
0: and Chicago there. is one. And it really should be like seventy seven sure so, you know?
1: yeah, I mean you know uh, uh, yeah that's that's another you know thread we could we could pull on, but um so eighty four jurisdictions plus state plus county, and we got six counties in the, in the call so it, it's just it would be darn near impossible for me to uh, to have the necessary expertise to know all of that, so then I'm leaning on others, so now that's not to say that when I have a uh, a contract come in, in which it's pretty apparent that, you know, it's a flip or it's it's recent uh, rehab or even they've been, they've advertised it because I will look at the MLS listing, um, they're advertising it as as recent work. Next thing you can do is you can go on the City of Chicago Building Department website, and you can look up that address. Um, if it's outside of Chicago, you can. Uh, submit a FOIA, and that's, that's, it's pretty straightforward. You What's go on, a FOIA for people ah, that don't know what it is? I'm sorry. Good question. Freedom of, Freedom of Information Act. Which is a big deal here in Illinois. It's a big deal everywhere.
0: It
2: is. So um, all, all permits are foia Well, should be. be. Yeah, okay. I should. I should be able to find them from any village or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's all public record. Yeah, I've never had someone turn me down on that. Interesting. Um, And so, yeah, I'll go to that village website, and it's usually you can submit it uh, either through email or or they'll have a. Uh, they 'll they'll have a fillable form, and they have five days to get back to you that usually get back to me much quicker i mean it, it's there's there 's not that much to it i 'm just like look you know I, I make it pretty clear i 'm representing a, a potential buyer of this property I need to know uh what permits yeah. were pulled and you know that the, they there's there's there 's nothing to uh, to hide there there's there 's no reason to hide the ball on that and and so now I have some data and See, And here's another thing, so even if I were an expert on building codes and I I knew all 84, 86, 90, 100 building codes that I would need to know, I'm almost never going to be at that property, certainly not before it closes. Um, I'm going to handle this primarily through email, through seeing pictures on the inspection report, so even if I were to have such expertise. I'm still going to be lacking the necessary information in most cases to be able to make a determination they should have had a permit uh, to do this, that, or the other thing. Because um, what often I get in response to a request from a seller, okay, give me copies of the permits so that I can compare it to the work that was done. Oh, it was co- it was all cosmetic, no permit required. So, so they're kind of a brick wall as far as that goes. Yeah. And now that is why I'm relying on uh, at the, the local municipality to share with me what's been uh, what's been pulled. And listen, it's expensive to pull permits. Joe, you could probably uh, attest to, to, not only is it time-consuming, frustrating, I mean, I've dealt with that um, in my past experience in construction. Pulling a permit, expensive, time-consuming, frustrating, I get why someone would try to go, oh yeah, it's cosmetic, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you know, yeah, maybe you can fill in the the, the the blanks there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you, the business has to register with the individual village, the permit fee That's itself. not
1: outrageous, though, uh,
2: it's, most uh, yeah, of the time. It, it's not, but I mean, yeah. it starts adding up, you know. Um, typically, permit fees are a percentage of the overall job. And then, depending on what you're doing, there's inspections along the way that have to be scheduled and could slow down work, you know, so.
1: And how much fun is it to, well, you, you have experience on both sides of this, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, but... Uh, how much fun is it to deal with the village inspector who uh, I'm probably, you're going to probably no, well, punch they, me after this, but, but it's yeah, not they, fair
0: either. There's some really good ones and some really bad ones.
1: They're yes, there are. Well, yeah. yeah, I, I have, I only have one side of, of that experience and yeah. and yeah, there are some definitely some power trippy uh, building inspectors who absolutely frustrated the, you know, what out of me. Um, but you know, that process can, can be frustrating no matter, you know, who you have on the other side of it right correct
2: yeah so either way it's time and money but um to me having experience in it i'd rather just pull the permit and do it the right way you know because of exactly what you're talking about if you're if you're going to sell a property you haven't done permits on it you know eventually you can have an issue with that
0: yeah but now you're giving your profits away to the bank or i'm sorry to the local municipality
2: yeah already doing business. It's cheaper to do it the right way sometimes, most of the time.
0: And and again, I could probably give you about 50 (laughs) contractors that will argue that. They're like, cheat, 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 and and save as much money as you can. And Patrick, before you take over again, Mm -hmm. the um, build facts, all right? The build facts is another good... Way to find permits that are pulled in the suburbs. All right, City of Chicago is such a big metropolitan area. Going straight to their website is good, but BuildFax is more of a uniform. I'm not saying that B U I L D Uh, F A X. -X. -X. Kind of like CarFax, I guess. I'm putting plugs in there, so they build off of that. But this is strictly for building permits and when they've been pulled and who did the stuff. And and Tom, some little little add-on about registering for those permits and those are for contractors all right if you're going to do the work yourself in your own home or if somebody owns that house they bought it and now they're going to rehab it they don't have to register with the city they don't need a license to do the work if you're doing it yourself all right it's you're the king of your castle you could do anything that you want in your own home it's only when you're working in somebody else's house that that's required see and
1: and you just added another layer of complexity to the whole thing absolutely you know now a seller might argue that yeah you know i i I had an air mattress in there uh for one weekend because i got into a fight with my spouse and so yeah actually uh you know that's the place where i was living
0: or even if you're not (laughs) living there you're the owner of it you have to do it and then if you tell the village and i'm not trying to teach people how to circumvent it because you will get in trouble for this. But if you tell them you're going to do the work and then all of a sudden you hire somebody else who's not professional in, in doing what they do and they don't care about the value of getting licensed in that particular community... And that's when other things start going haywire.
1: Well, and and let me just look. All of this is is, is interesting in in sort of theory and, and hypothetically speaking. But let me just speak to what the consequences can be, um, because I'll give you an example. Uh, there was a woman who contacted me. Uh, I think she found me through my through my website, dot Law. well we do have to do some plugs again. Indeed, but go ahead. I'll be try to be as quick as possible. So the city of Chicago mm-hmm. came in after she bought the place, maybe three months afterward, and said, you know what, uh, all this beautiful new rehab work, should have got a permit. Um, and so, guess what? That, those violations stay with the property. They don't go back to the, the contractor and say, you did wrong. They go to the new homeowner right. and they say, the contractor did wrong, but it's your place. And so, usually what it, what it is, is you've got to go and get permits after the fact. Yeah. very expensive because you'll have to get architectural drawings you'll have to you'll have to do everything necessary to get those permits um and so you know it might cost you twenty twenty five grand um and they may tell you to take everything out so they can see behind the drywall they could all they right could. yeah i mean you don't want to be once you're they in their have crosshairs the power. once you're in their crosshairs it can be an absolute nightmare now i'm not saying that happens a lot and you buy a single family detached home you know who's who's going to complain about it? Um, but who will who might complain about it? Your nosy neighbor who is like you know I didn't like all all the noise that that contractor was making. I don't like you. Or yeah. <laughs> or or yeah. And yeah.
0: now I know a way that I could go ahead and be punitive towards you, and I don't have to
1: spend a penny. So it's it's not a zero risk that no. this could happen. It's a low risk. It's not a zero risk. And right. then that's the, this is the conversation I will have with a client because sometimes they st- they still say look i'm i'm going to take the risk and 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 it does happen and sometimes they go not for me um but you know not to keep hammering on that same point um that's their decision to make and our job to provide that information for them to evaluate and decide for themselves we are running
0: short on time real quick and i'd like to you know you bring up another point that sparked in my mind what sort of protections are there You know, I know there's like title stuff and things like that, but what do we do that we can protect our clients when they're buying houses under these situations? And and if you don't mind, Joe, I'm going to ask you if there's anything on the mortgage side that the appraiser does that or permits or whatever. The the
2: subject to repair, you know, really gives you... Explain to me what that means. So if you get an appraisal report back, it could appraise at the value, but it may say subject to repair. So if the appraiser notices something that's... You know an obvious thing that needs to be repaired like As,
0: a hole in the roof correct the furnace is missing
2: yeah they're gonna make it subject to repair and the seller is responsible to have that repaired or it's a condition of closing so you're not going to be able to close the mortgage is not going to be written on that property without that repair being made
0: now do they go by the minimum property requirements or, or is there another list or does an appraiser just make up whatever they want
2: no, there's definitely guidelines they use, um, and there is requirements for you know most loans. You know, I, if it's Freddie Fannie, they have their own requirements, and then FHA, very similar. I've, that's a whole another story. I don't want to get into the misconceptions of that, yeah. but you know they have uh, property guidelines they follow as well. You know, like chip paint. You know, like FHAs. That's a big you, one. If they're going to hit that every single every time, time. every time,
0: and so, then they have to come back out there. Don't they? The appraiser has to go see it, or is that a photo?
2: So it depends. It's up to the appraiser. But sometimes you can just get away with a photo submitted showing that the repairs were made or an invoice from a qualified contractor showing that it was completed.
0: Because I know that, you know, Joey brought up a few times in the past, you know, so I guess it's if he he brought up that sometimes he's had somebody Photoshop a wall and sent that as proof of done. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I know he's brought it up a few times that they want the appraisals going out, and I believe that's only for VA, all okay. right. But when he comes back, we'll 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 corner him on this one.
2: The handrails so, is another huge one. That's it, it is. Like every single time FHA. Mm-hmm. It's not getting written without it.
0: But we are running out a little bit of time, Joe. If somebody has more questions about the mortgage process, appraisals, and stuff like that, are you welcome that they call you?
2: Oh yeah, text uh, or call me anytime. Seven zero eight nine six nine. 0827 or you can look me up joseph olson the federal savings bank
0: and then also we're going to be post- posting on our, our facebook page and such about that va um learning session that they have coming up march
1: first. patrick how do they get hold of you please call or text 773-632-8330 seven, seven, three, three, <laughs> three, three,
0: i don't have the phone number under my name so i can't do it but <laughs> Yes, it's Chicagoland Home Inspectors. I think this week I'm going to get those MRP videos up on our Home Inspection University of Illinois website. So if anybody wants to learn about those, they're going to be there. Um, Chicagoland Home Inspectors, our phone number is 312-544-9180. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. Um Yeah, the best advice I could give to people, check reviews on everybody else. Not anybody in the real estate profession is identical. And I think that's a big thing is they all think we're nothing but a commodity. I want to give thanks to Devin Tingle. He's our producer and makes everything happen. And Bernie, you know I think the world of you, the president of our fan club. This is Charlie, and I am out.